Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. personal. Tell them, Lord, I give you praise. I worship you. I love you, Lord. You are worthy of my praise. Lord, you are worthy. We give you praise today. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. We give you praise today. Lord, we give you praise today. Holy Spirit, rule and reign and have your way power in this place, your presence in this place. Lord, we're not here as religious people. We're here to experience you. Listen, have the guts enough to tell them today, Lord, touch me. Touch me right where I'm at, Lord. I want to be touched by you. Tell them, some of you, that makes you nervous. As you don't know what God will do, you may end up on the floor. Just go ahead and say, Lord, touch me today. I desire you, Lord God. Soften your heart before him. Lay your life down as a living sacrifice before him. He is worthy of your sacrifice. He is worthy of our worship, our praise. He is worthy of our availability. Holy Spirit, rule and reign and have your way. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Church shouts. Amen and amen. Praise you, Lord, and praise you, Lord. Man, we worship short today. It's only 1040. We... Hello. We're ringing bells over here. People are very excited. This is a, this is a bell ringing church. Some people have tambourines. I'm only kidding. Do not bring bells. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Praise you, Lord. The enemy has been defeated. For us, life is nothing but good. Mountaintop to mountaintop. You walk through the valley, you're walking through it. You're not pouring footings there. Not even pitching a tent there. It's mountaintop to mountaintop. We are winning. It may, it may appear to be a really stupid world out there. You know what it is? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of being smart. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 9.10, if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you don't even have the beginning of being intelligent. You're like, yeah, but these people have big IQs. Big IQs that spout nonsensical data and nonsensical quote-unquote truths. I don't know if anybody has been seeing the data that's been coming out right now about the illusion, the delusion that's been perpetrated on the world. And you need to know something. If you're vaccinated in this place, I want you healed. So when you hear these things, you can be offended if you want. 
People just about every week, I had about a four week long streak of nobody walking out in the middle of my message. That was broken last week by two young ladies. I've learned not to say anything because I've been burned a few times. They've come back in after going to the bathroom. You're like, Tom, you need to control your mouth. You're right. Listen, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ort that I need to control, that's for sure. I struggle in that area to control my mouth, especially in the moment. If you look at what's happening around the world, DMED just put out their latest data. Again, that's irrefutable, indisputable data. Facts, as we say on the podcast and in church. Facts. Basically, you're looking at every single ailment in the military amongst the vaccinated. This is data for 2021 and 2022 now from DMED. Now, this is computerized data. If you've been to this church for a while or you watch the podcast, I know that you've heard this before, but this is new. Whenever you go into the military, whenever you have an ailment and you are in the military, they track you from start to finish. You basically are QR coded from day one. If you have a sniffle that is tracked all the way until the sniffle is gone or until you leave the military, period. It's indisputable data. And basically every ailment, and remember this is compared 2021 and 2022 versus 2020, the epicenter of the alleged pandemic, 19, 18, 17, and 16, the five previous years. And the, compare, you compare 2021 and 2022 with the five previous years, every ailment in the military is up 300 to 2,800%. Every ailment. And what, are the, what is Joe Biden telling you to do? Get your fifth vaccination. They just outlawed vaccinations for anybody, under, mRNA vaccinations for anybody under the age of 12 in the UK while we pimp and whore them in the United States for that same age bracket and in Canada. Babies are being born around the globe with no immune system because they were formed in the womb by parents with no immune system. Because when your genes are manipulated, you make babies with your genes. Oh, I'm offended by this. Be offended all you want, it's the truth. They've had in the past week, week, five football players drop dead on the field. Not infirmed, this isn't even counting the infirmities, which are many. This is football players dropping dead. Four high school, one college, everybody under the age of 21. That used to be national news. That used to be a big deal. But for the purveyors of misinformation and disinformation, they're trying to act, oh, this happens all the time. It never happens. You have one comedian after another, recently one, who wouldn't allow anybody in his shows unless you were fully vaccinated because you don't want to transmit the virus. You don't want to get infected by the virus using a vaccine that doesn't stop either one. Again, absolute nonsensical, illogical requests 
So there has to be a nefarious purpose, and the nefarious purpose has to be control. But you have all of these people dropping dead. Dead. They're fine one day and dead the next. It's called SADS. We've never had SADS before. SADS used to mean that you were sad. I got a case of the SADS. Now it means you're dead. And there's only two symptoms to SAD. Perfectly fine and dead. Well, I'm offended by this. Now I'm going to have to worry because I got vaccinated. You should be. You know, Tom, you shouldn't be espousing worry. Uh, worry. Get, until you are healed, worry. You, you got the vaccine for fear, so you made your bed. Now you're lying in it. Come up today, get hands on you, and be healed in Jesus' mighty name. It's being exposed. They're all running for the hills. They're scurrying to get under the refrigerator when the lights came on. It's happening. But there's, listen, it's conflict. There's the Antichrist spirit versus the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, of course, will win because you can't beat God. But you and I are in the midst of the conflict. And we just need to say, you know what, I side with God. My whole life is going to be prosperous. My whole life's going to be great. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to go from mountaintop to mountaintop. If I walk through a valley, it'll only be for a short period of time. That's what you need. Now, here's the thing. You speak the truth to people. You, you say what's going on, but don't live in oppression. People probably think I do because of the podcast and the things that I say. I don't. I cast it aside. And I just go live my life. Understand that what all of this has been about from day one is the unfolding of the book of Revelation in chapter 13 and 14. That's all it's ever been. There's never been a grace period. Well, you know, we took two weeks just to figure out what was happening. No. Is that, the, is that a Bible verse? Take two weeks and find out what is happening. Well, we, we think it's foolish just to keep your church open. Oh, really? For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. I'll take that, 1 Corinthians 1.18, over your convoluted logic. Amen. And you're like, well, you know what? COVID's over. What, what do you mean it's over? There's, there's areas throughout this country. See, we think it's over. We're like, we're like people who live inside the church and think everything's church. So it was great about 25 years of law enforcement. I had church and I had law enforcement. I knew the world was out there. Sometimes we get lost because we're living in free Florida. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. I love it. We have the only urban center in America, the only one in America with, with a declining crime rate. And that's Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida has been rated one of the happiest places on earth to live by its residents. Ask the people in Chicago if they feel that way. How did they pull that off? How did Miami pull it off? Well, they've got a, re a Republican mayor, and he's not just a, he's not a rhino. He actually is a conservative. He lowered taxes and funded the police, and now everybody's happy. 
Why do I say that? Because the exact same spirit who wants to defund the police, in other words, usher in lawlessness, which is, which is a symptom of the end times, lawlessness, this, the, the same spirit that does that wants to take your guns. They want to make crime go through the roof and gun crime go through the roof so they have an excuse to come to your house and take the guns that you've never used in crime to take away your defense so that the non-existent police can come and rescue you. you. Do you see it? It's the exact same spirit. And I'll say something that I always say on the podcast. It absolutely blows my mind. It blows my mind that all of these Christians, they're against the homosexual agenda. They're against the gay marriage agenda. They're against the transgender agenda. And you should be, and you should be vocal about it. You should have yeses and you should have noes and you should be vocal about both. So they're, for the, so they're against all of these things. They're against, of course, abortion, allegedly, although they never speak about it in the pews. They're against all of these things, but then take the vaccine of the proponents of those things that they're against. They're against all of these things. They stand against them. And then those same people tell them, you know what, here's a metal rod. Shove our juice into your vein. From, the, from Antifa, from BLM, from Planned Parenthood, from the World Economic Forum, from the defund the police activists and the gun grabbers. It's amazing to me. Why would you believe them for your health and you absolutely reject them in all other areas of your life? You should. They're antichrist. Amen. Amen. These are the stands that we have to take. This is not politics. This is life and death. You don't, you don't hear me talking about tax rates up here. And I like low taxes. I like no taxes. I can talk about politics for hours. But what you're hearing me talk about is life and death about people trying to control you. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You are to stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Any sort of yoke of slavery that somebody is trying to strap on your back, you are to resist it vocally with your yeses and your noes. Amen. Amen. And I want to show you something this morning. This will ruin some, but build others. If the Bible ruins you, look at me now, that means your theology is wrong. If you don't have Bible verses that are the base of your theology, if the base of your theology is, I think, I believe, and I feel, you are probably wrong. As a matter of fact, it's 100% that you're wrong. What I'm going to tell you this morning will ruin some and build others. It will build you if you are willing to say, I receive the word of God. You're not receiving me. So relax. I see the faces. Everybody's scared now. <laughs> Reading Bible verses should not scare you. You should be like a bird being fed mealworms. 
I receive the Bible. I receive the word of God. Think about how idiotic it is that the Bible is a threat to most Christians. Just like the Constitution is a threat to most Americans. But the truth is the truth. You're going to be judged by it anyway. You might as well know it now. Oh, he's going to preach how fire and brimstone. Oh, of course. Of course. You will hear things at this church you'll hear nowhere else because everybody else is concerned about you staying. I love that you're here. I love everybody that's in here. I love when the church is full. I do. I love it. But understand, that will never be what my messages are predicated on. Ever. If my messages were predicated on that, we would have closed for 29 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. You don't think that I received pressure to close this church? Law enforcement knew who I was. I introduced myself to a deputy. Yeah, my name's Tom. Oh, we know who you are. <laughs> they know who I am. They knew. They probably putting together a list. There's like three churches that are open in all of Charlotte and Sarasota County. There's one. I want to tell you something. Here's the truth that will build others and ruin some. Faith and works are not separate. At all. None. Zero. Some people, oh, I love Jesus. My lifestyle is just not lining up with him right now. You don't love Jesus and you have no faith. That's the truth. If you're wondering why the church was so vulnerable, it's because they've walked away from Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the hearts. They've walked away from it. So they did things antithetical to the word because they think sharpness is not Christ-like. They've been deceived. Faith and works are not separate. They are not mutually exclusive. James 2.20. Do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? It's dead. If it's dead, guess what that means? It's dead. It's like having a body with no blood. Natalie in here? Wave at me, Natalie. Can the body function without blood? Okay. That's the purpose of bullets. <laughs> See how deep and theological I am? I'm such a philosopher. Now you've heard me say this over the last few weeks, that you don't have faith in Jesus. Some of you do. And I'm not saying whether you're saved or not because you can get into being a word Nazi. You can be get into paralysis of self-analysis. But if you're saved, what you legitimately have is the faith of Jesus. Not faith in Jesus. You've received his faith. Where do I get that from? I live by the faith of the Son of God, Galatians 2.20. It is faith. It is the gift of God. It's not yours, so it's a gift. Ephesians 2.8 and 9. 
the measure of faith God has given you, Romans 12, 3. The gift, faith is a gift of God. You're not living, you are not living in faith. You are living of faith. Faith of Jesus. This is why you never hear Jesus positively respond to his disciples asking him for more faith. What an insult. It'd be like if you walked up to somebody and you, you drove out in the parking lot today and you have a Lamborghini ready for them. And they go, I prefer a Ferrari. I'm giving you a 2022 $575,000 Lamborghini and you'd rather have a $274,000 Ferrari. That's why Jesus always responds with what? If you have faith as a mustard seed, which means you have far more than that, you will be able to say to that mountain or that mulberry tree, be moved and be cast into the sea or be planted in the sea. You don't, have the faith, you don't have faith in Jesus. You have his faith. Amen. And just as much as you have the faith of Jesus, you must have the obedience of Jesus because faith and obedience are the same. They're exactly the same. They cannot. It's a body without blood. It's, a, it's, a, it's blood without a body. Faith does not exist without works. Faith does not exist without obedience. Not at all. Zero. If you believe differently, you believe outside of the word of God. And the word of God is Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 7. 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. First, uh, John chapter 1, verse 14. I misquoted it. 2 Corinthians 10.5, faith, the obedience of Jesus, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So however he's obedient, you are commanded to be obedient. I can't live up to that standard. Who told you that? Jesus said, be perfect, therefore, just as your heavenly Father's perfect. Don't you know every time you're about to sin? Don't you know every time you're about to compromise? You know, and I know. I know always know. How many of you are baptized with the Holy Spirit? Shout amen. amen. And you know. You know. So stop, stop going with the art church watered down philosophy of, well, nobody's perfect. It's all a journey. It's not a Bible verse. It's not a Bible verse. It's not the obedience of Christ. It's not the faith of Christ. How many of you know we all sin? We all fall short. No, you used to fall short. That's out of Romans 3, 22 through 25. We've once fallen short. But now in Christ, you have the power to never sin, compromise, or fall backwards. Never. Some of it starts with, of course, how you feel. You don't take, you don't take those thoughts captive. You wake up, oh, oh, wait, oh, no. It's a bipolar day. It's a melancholy day. Let me go get my James Taylor albums. You call out your name. You're to take that thought captive, not play music for it. 
You might as well make a crying statue of yourself and burn incense to it. You tell me we're supposed to be happy all the time. Well, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you're not strength and you're not strong unless you're full of the joy of the Lord. Oh, that's because Tom, you're a sunshine person. You're happy all the time. Do you, do you not know me by now? I have to work at this because faith without works is. I don't just go, well, I have faith in Jesus, and I'm just going to feel how I feel. If I'm down, I'm down. If I'm up, I'm No. That faith is then dead. Sorry to ruin your day. Some of you are looking forward to a mental health day. I can tell because your head's already down, and you're thinking, man, if I could just leave right now, I would. You can. Ushers aren't going to stop you. You should stay, however. This is the church that you need. Not the church that you want. Always go to the church that you need, not the church that you want. Listen, I've been, I can go in any church and get something out of it. I won't attend every church. I've been to Catholic funerals and been blessed. Seriously, I've been like, oh, I'll worship. I can go anywhere, but you should not go to one where you're sedated. Oh, you feel bad. See, like when I go, whenever I go, I'm a dental pansy. Den- I mean, listen, I hate, to, I hate to be transparent. Heather's laughing the hardest. She's been in the room before going, you good? Are you okay? Are you all right? I'm all right. I but thank you. I, I'll take it. But yeah, when I go in there, I'm like, I know that there's 87-year-old women in here getting the exact same procedure that I am with a local. Knock me the freak out. Out. Knock me out, baby. Run the line, run the pick, put me out. (laughs) Period. So I understand the want, need, and desire to be sedated. However... That should not be the case spiritually. Knock me out, baby. The only thing most of you remember is knock me the freak out. That's all you remember. (laughs) Freak is not a substitute for the F word, by the way. Anybody who's watching, freak has its own definition, and they mean two different things. Very different things. (laughs) Things. <laughs> I got in trouble at CTN, people calling in. He says freak. You're dropping S-bombs and you're calling into CTN because I say freak? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the most out of thy brother's eye. Amen. Amen. (laughs) What is the obedience of Christ? It's found in John chapter 15, verses 9 and 10. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Sorry, Calvinists. Remain means that there's a possibility that you won't. I told you, ruin some, build others. If you're a Calvinist that says, you know what? 
I love Jesus more than John Calvin, you're just fine because you'll receive Jesus, which is the word of God. But if you love John Calvin more because it's not as much a threat to you, a threat to the portrait that you carry around of yourself, that if my family is perfect, even though not one of your kids is following Jesus through your Calvinism. I'll get to that too, as I always do. Well, why do you want to do that? Because I want your kids saved, don't you? You might you, listen, your way hasn't worked. Look at your fruit. Always be honest with yourself. Look at your fruit. Not to be overly redundant, but I did. I'm sitting here, I'm pastoring a church for 16 years. I should put a freaking in there too, between the 16 and the years. <laughs> Giving it all that I have. And I went, hey, listen, by, I don't ever, my wife get, jumps all over me when I say this stuff. She's not in here today, but she'll hear it. She goes, you know, I really wish, you listen, we, we, these are the numbers we had. It's far above average. I, I get it. Average church in America is less than 50 people. It's actually less than that. It's the truth, and most of them are closed now because they want to save everybody from the 99.9% of Bible virus. <laughs> so, you know, we, we had this church 16 years or so, something like that. We started in 2004, I believe, in Inglewood Elementary School. And I did it my way. I did it my way. And it sucked. Be a lot of, now, a lot of people would say, you know, it's good. You're up to 200 people. Again, it was. And it was about 200 people when the pandemic, when the pandemic struck and killed no one. But anyway, when the pandemic struck, and then 30 to 40% of the church left. There's some desolate Sundays driving in. I don't know if those of you remember that. You remember driving in on Sundays and nobody else is open? It was like a hurricane was about to hit. Remember that everybody's, everybody's evacuated? It was great. I went into racetrack, got my Slurpee. Nobody's there. It's great. Good times. No lines for the donuts. I go in there and get all the major food groups together. Slurpee, pizza, donuts, and Snickers and gummy worms, and there wasn't one person. What are you, a child? Yeah, I don't care. And they're, they're, they're gone, and I'm like, okay, well, so the church was running about 1.30. We've just basically even opened up the front and said, we'll just come up to the front and we'll worship together. Because the seats were so empty. So it wasn't working my way, so what I did was the opposite of what I felt. I told you last week, you can hear this message today, and it's great, and this is a launching pad. But you're going to have to go home and grind. You have to study the words. You're going to have to pray. And I'm not talking about religious 10 minutes a day garbage. I'm talking about you're going to have to grind if you want to see the miraculous. If you want even peace in your heart, which is the miraculous, you're going to have to grind. Or you're going to endlessly look for substitutions for that. Oh, another grandchild, another vacation, retirement, maybe my husband will get better. He's not. I'm just kidding, he might if he's following Jesus. But my way didn't work. I was going 100 to 200, 100 to 200, 100 to 200, 16 years. 
So I should address that. I should look at my fruit, right? Right? You know why nobody's shouting amen to that? Because you don't want to look at your fruit. You've got something on the counter that you're still considering to be a banana that nobody else on the planet would consider a banana. They would consider it a rotting fossil. That's your fruit. That was mine too. So what did I do? I put it all on black and drove to Vegas. I did everything that I was against. The Costanza principle. If every instinct that I've ever had was wrong, then the opposite has to be right. Costanza chapter four, verse seven. Seinfeld season eight. I made all that up, so don't go looking for it, but you can find it. This is gonna shock some of you. I'm not the world's easiest person to get along with. I'm combative. I'm confrontational. I'm not easily pastored. So what did I do? I don't wanna be pastored. So I went and put myself under a pastor. See? I took my entire church, I had preached against being touched by God. For 20 years, I did it in the youth group I pastored. You don't need to be touched by God, stand in the word, you don't need these touches, you don't need to be slain in the spirit, you don't need to feel God, you don't need to go to these conferences. I told you last week, now I'm in a conference every six weeks. No kidding, I'm back in October for the minister's conference up at the river. I took my entire church on day one of the stand at the river. We all drove up there. Everybody was coming. There's about 100 or more of us up there, probably 120 of us up there, sitting all together in the blazing hot sun, and for the idiots like me, without an umbrella, and it was hot. It was like May 29th or something like that. April, May, whatever it was. And we were all up there. And I brought my entire church to a place that preaches the opposite of what I preach. Because what I was doing wasn't working. Will you do the same? If the word of God tells you that what you are doing is wrong, will you change? If the word of God tells you what you believe is wrong, will you change? Or will you symbolically or actually put a mask on your face? What is the obedience of Jesus? John chapter 15, 9 and 10. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Now remain in my love. Just as I have, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. There's the obedience of Jesus. 
And there is a strong element of remaining. How do you remain? You keep his commandments. Doesn't say what you think or feel. Didn't even say what you believe. Although, of course, believe is just as important as works. It's the body and the blood, the blood and the body. And now the blend. Here you go. It's the beginning of showing you right here that faith and obedience are not separate. Revelation 14, 12 and 13. Here is the patience of the saints. This is very apropos as what we are seeing right now in the world is an unfolding of the book of Revelation. Right now, right before your eyes, we are in the beginnings of sorrows. What does that mean? It means that you should get married if God has called you to marry that woman. It means you should have kids. It means you should buy houses. Quiet in here. Listen, I'm spending money like there's no tomorrow in this church as if we have 50 years. Because who, I don't know. I know we've got a while. Because there's things in the book of Revelation that haven't happened yet before Revelation 14 where we're raptured. 14, 14 through 16. You should be living your life that way. Not, not with ominous music. What, what, what does it matter anyway? Live however you want and someday you'll be flying through the air. Live however you want. I'm not talking about sinning. I'm talking about enjoying your life. No, I can't. You know, COVID's going on. Who cares? What's it got to do with you? You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. And believe me, they're being punished. By God and by their own bodies. Revelation 14, 12 and 13. The beginning of showing you that faith and obedience are not separate. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God. And the faith of Jesus. The commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And just to throw this on you, that's really the only verse I needed, but I just wanted to throw the second verse on you just to show you how serious walking in Jesus is. There's only one vulnerability to any Christian in this room who believes the Bible, and that is God ordained martyrdom. Not you being stupid. You always have to put that in there. That may sound mean to you. It only sounds mean to you because you've never pastored a church. You don't know how ridiculous people can be. So you have to put that in there. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. And you think, well, that doesn't sound Christ-like. What does the Spirit say? Yes, says the Spirit. Christianity's real. It's, it's not some facade. It, it, it's not some just outward appearance. It's not, it's not just something that you say. It's deep, it's real. It's a commitment unto death. And a lot of us, we can't even control our mouths. You're 10 years in and you're still cussing. But shun profane and vain babblings. Well, they will increase unto more ungodliness. 2 Timothy 2.16. Right after study to show thyself approved unto God. 
A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is not some sort of superficial commitment. It's real. When you feel temptation coming, you go, no, never in Jesus' name. Real Christianity. Get in there and praise. Get in there and worship. Get in there and offer yourself as a living sacrifice. It's real. That's why nobody stood. 99% of churches, they were confronted with a 99.9% survival virus and did that which they were commanded to do by the very people they theologically, allegedly oppose. The devil comes. You can't, you can't restrain and cooperate at the same time. The Antichrist spirit comes to the church and tells the church, you will jump, and the church says, how I. Because they don't understand. This is not some sort of superficial, Bible fish cover, praise conference, superficial kindness faith. Well, glory to God, hallelujah, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, how you doing? It's real. Your son who you believe, you know, he, he just loves Jesus. He's having sex with his girlfriend. And you know it. And you don't say a thing. You'll regret that when Revelation 20, 11 through 15 unfolds. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. You can't say that. Why? Because it's not Christ-like, even though Jesus wrote it? Do you see how, how much more real Christianity is than what's preached by most people? Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Then he opened the fifth seal, and I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain. For what reason? For the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Revelation 6, 9, and 10. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? This is real. It's a real gospel. It's a real faith. It requires real commitment. Or you will fade and you will take the mark. People won't even know it's the mark. Christians will be passing out the mark at their 10 o'clock service. You don't believe me? They're passing masks out. Can't come in unless you're vaccinated. Don't want don't to transmit a virus that the, that, the, that the vaccine doesn't stop the transmission of, but you still need to take the vaccine. Nonsensical lies from the enemy. Yes, says the Spirit. We think, we think the Spirit of God is so soft, kind, and compassionate. You, you really believe that the Holy Spirit is that soft and compassionate? The one who slayed Ananias and Sapphira without thinking twice? There's not enough fear of the Lord in the, anymore. There's not enough. A lot of people will go to lunch today and slay their pastor behind their back. Well, I really didn't agree with, you know, this, you know. Why don't you go get a meeting and meet with the guy face to face? Coward.
You got a lot of people made, made lunch appointments today, I can tell. I'm just kidding. You're the best church in the world. We really don't have any problems with that. Seriously. I tell you if I did, I've called a meeting before. You're like, what? Who are you? Somebody doesn't care. I've called a meeting before of 30 church people. And I just said, you know what? I just find they were talking about church expenditures running around, the, running around, you know, uh, I think the church is wasting money. And I said, okay. We brought in about $2,000 a week, so that's $8,000 a month. 7000 of it went to our rent. So I'm out there running around on $400. I, my salary at the time, was $7,000 a year. So I, you know what I did? I brought out the books. I saw, this, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. So I brought out the books in front of these 30 people who were running me and my worship leader down behind our backs. And you're like, who are you? Listen, there's cops in this room. I see Lenny in the back. We don't care. We've been in confrontations our entire adult Lives. You think, you think that the confrontations that I've been in in law enforcement, you think that a church meeting compares? No. So I brought it out, I said, interesting, because the complaint was, Tom is taking people out to lunch and wasting church money. So I brought out the books. And I said, well, here's what I spent over the last year $600 for the year. And I said, if anybody would like to take my place taking these wackos out to lunch, you do it. Because half of those lunches, my wife and I are sitting there going, oh my. Why are we here and where's the closest exit? Just in case they go berserko. That's why I don't do it anymore. And everybody, one girl just started to cry. I'm like, what have I done to make you run me down behind my back? You know what the average salary was for that church at the time? It was a church of, like I said, somewhere in one, one to 200 range, probably closer to 200 at that time, so we'll just say 175. The average wage of a pastor for a church that size was seventy to $90,000 a year. Mine was seven. So I told them, I've got $83,000 to play with. And I used 600, and none of that was even for my benefit. So don't get lost in the minutiae. There's people that are destroyed by people in church. This is, off, this is off the message right now. You get ruined by people at church. Somebody's probably watching this right now that should be sitting here, but you're not because you're offended. If that was me, I've been offended 8 million times since 2004 at this church. I haven't left. Well, you're getting paid. 7,000? Zero for the first five years? Only now 
Am I making $5,000 a year more than I made as a deputy sheriff? Right now. For those of you that think I'm after your money. <laughs> well, when's the tithe message coming? There isn't one. There's the boxes in the back. Right there, Eddie, wave at everybody. There he is, right there. There's the box. He's going like, like Vanna White. There it is. There you go. Great job, Eddie. You're a handsome man. You know that? I have no problem man crushing at all, just so you know. I've been rom-comming like there's no tomorrow. Totally addicted to rom-coms right now. My buddy just bought me a projector so I can watch him anywhere I want, anytime. So the voice from heaven says, you know what? Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. And the Spirit says, yes, yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their works, and that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. It's serious it is. You don't just have the faith of Jesus. You have the obedience of Jesus because faith and obedience are the exact same thing. There is no real faith without works. James 2.26, faith without works is dead. James chapter 2, verse 20, faith without works is dead. James chapter 2, verse 17, faith without works is dead. Dead means dead. It's not overly theologically in-depth. It's dead. Here's the thing, too. There's no legit works without faith. Romans 14.23, Everything that does not come from, from faith is sin. So there's no legit works outside of faith that mean anything to God. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, we put in our time at the rotary. Okay, you doing it in Jesus' name? Because otherwise it's worthless. That did not get a positive response. <laughs> I don't care. That's what the Bible says. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. There's no works that mean anything without faith, and there is no faith that means anything without works. Nothing. Well, that just burns my whole life to the ground. Good, pour salt on it, and go find fertile ground to build a brand new foundation. Yeah, but that means I have to admit that I was wrong. Well, welcome to the club. I've wasted most of my life. I'm looking at young people in here. Don't be like me. I'm 54 years old and I've wasted 30 of those years at least. Wasted them. You telling me that all those, I got saved when I was 18, that you're going to hell? No. You're just a waste of time. Where's all the dead being raised? Where's the blind receiving? So where are all the salvations? And I have way more salvations to my credit than most, and I still consider myself to have wasted 30 years. How about you? you just, just admit it and start over. Better is one day. Wouldn't you rather have one great day than falsely claiming that all days were great? I would. So that's why, listen, I'm thrilled with where things are. You're like, Tom, are you nuts? Have you seen this country? I know. 
Well, what was great about it is I've been saying that most of the church were a bunch of phony losers for a long time. <laughs> Judgment begins at the house of God. First Peter 4, 17. For the time has come. For judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. 1 Peter 4, 17 through 19. It's a great time to be alive. The enemy's been exposed without and within. It's great. You see a mask? Not good. Enemy. I'm not saying the person's the enemy. I'm saying they've been marked by the enemy. Tom, how can you say that? Because it's just true. Come on. You're dry. It's, it's 29 months into 15 days to flatten the curve. You've been injected four times. You've caught COVID as many times as you've been injected. And you're driving down the road alone with a temperature of 101 with a mask on. An N95 that doesn't do a daggum thing to stop the virus at all. Well, you know, the cloth masks don't work, of course. Well, you know, the surgical masks don't work. But the N95s, you know what? Just look at the data. Go from country to country and look at the N95 data. I do. Well, Tom, you're weird. I know. <laughs> you want COVID rates to go up and COVID deaths to go up? Wear a 95. Wear N95 masks. That's the truth. That's the data. And what will they tell you to do? What will the experts tell you to do? Put a mask on. Everybody who's heavily vaxxed, heavily masked, heavily mitigated, heavily locked down, all died more. And by the way, more are dying right now in their countries than 2020, than 2020 and often 2020 and 2021 combined. Australia, New Zealand, right now. More people have died this year than 2020 and 2021 combined of COVID because nobody has the ability to fight it off because they have ADE. So you got to sniffle. Listen, BA5 and BA4, Omicron, they're nothing more than that little scratchiness you get. Nothing more than that. People are dying of it. You don't have the ability to fight it off. It's just like HIV. It's not HIV, but it's just like HIV. And this is why when people say, you know, we're doing good things. How are you, what, what good things are you doing by masking and vaccinating and locking people down? Suicide rates through the roof. After all the mitigations, using their numbers, under Trump, we had 300,000 COVID deaths, according to the CDC. But if you actually look on their website, it was about 30,000. Whoops. But they allege, they mark it as 300,000. So then they vaccinated 200 million Americans. 100 million of them boosted. And then after that, so you think that's the end of the virus. Well, then after that, 850,000 Americans died of COVID according to their own numbers. And what are they telling you to do? Vax again. That's the devil. That's demons running around. This is all spirit. 
You need to understand, if you look at, you look at Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. But notice what it says at the beginning. It didn't say, what shall separate us? It says, who? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Who? They're devils. Oh, that's just too serious. Just put me, uh, just buy me another ticket for the latest Hillsong Chris Tomlin concert. And I love both of them. I'm just telling you. Get real. Do war in the spiritual realms. Because it's not what, it's who. There's a spirit of murder. It's not murder as a thing, as a noun. It's who. 41.2 million abortions per year, and you want to talk about COVID? It's like Alan Iverson. You want to talk about practice? No, you don't know that. I'm speaking in the wrong generation. How many of you knew what I was talking about right there? Okay, yeah, good enough. Successful joke. You want to talk about COVID? They're alleging 7 million people have died of COVID. And in that same time, 50 million children were killed. 300 million people starved to death. And it's not going to end. They're projecting at least that many dying now because of supply line shortages. You realize there's no shortage of anything? There's just a refusal to produce it? <laughs> there's no shortage of gas. It's like me saying there's a shortage of gas after chicken wing day. There is no shortage of gas. It's just whether or not you'll produce it, of which I am always faithful. Everything that does not come from faith. Amen. That's all that it is. It's all a grand delusion. But we're not part of that economy. We're going to spend on this building because right now this building is a facade. Wherever you're at is fixed up. But there's still, there's still, you can, st you can still see the intrusions. It's right there, right there. See that little white flap over there? It drives me nuts. I'm staring at it the entire service. It's a leak in the roof. Drives me nuts. Tom, get over yourself. No, I want it to drive me nuts. Makes me hungry. We're going to spend, we'll, we'll do whatever. We just refied this entire thing. Cost us $175,000. So we're no longer under the umbrella of the old church. That's done. Like, why would you do, you know, because we, listen, you move forward. I'm not part of this economy. I hate that we're $31 trillion in debt. Ain't my debt. That's the bozo, the clowns, Republicans and Democrats, 
that are always saying, remember, the, remember what they say in front of every, every budget. This isn't going to add a penny to the deficit. The Inflation Reduction Act, it's not going to add a penny to the deficit. It already has. <laughs> That's Republicans and Democrats. Let me just say this to you. How many of you watch the podcast? Shout amen. And for those of you that don't, you need to understand this, and I apologize for the redundancy for those that do. You need to understand the illusion of Washington, D.C., and you need to enter into the spiritual realm. The illusion is what I call a synergistic tension. You believe that there's Republicans fighting for you, but what they're doing is they're actually putting out the illusion that they are so you don't elect real people to fight for you. Because if they, if they actually showed you, you're like, no, but they, they put in a good Supreme Court justice. They talked pro-life, although they never did a daggum thing about it until Trump put three pro-life justices on the Supreme Court. Nothing. They never did a daggum thing. They just talk it. Because if they don't, you'll replace them. And what they're really doing is ushering forward the Antichrist agenda slower than they want to because they have to do it slow. If they don't do it slow, then you'll elect the people to replace them that will pull it back. Notice we never gain the things we've lost. We never get them back. We're like, you know what? They took, let's say everything's 100%. They took 60, then we fight back, and we get it back to they only took 40, and we believe it's a win. I want the 40 back. Period. And my financial advisor right here in the front row, Jeff, just said, with interest, of course. Money changer. He's made me a lot of money. Love Jeff. Love Jeff. <laughs> Tons of money. Done great. You're like, Tom, do you sit there and advertise for people? Yeah, why not? I don't, what, who, what, who cares? <laughs> I don't care. This is what's great. I say whatever I want. Literally. I just talked about farting just a minute ago. It's not sinful. It's not in the Bible. Thou shalt not discuss gas. It's not there, so I talk about it. One of the most impactful stories I ever told, this is the only thing that Aaron remembers from the things that I've preached, is my dung beetle story. Thank you. Thank you, Naz. Naz, like, that's a good message. She's such an encourager. I never knew what a dung beetle was. I'm walking my dog. I'm out there, and I see this rolling turd going across the road. Perfectly round, like it was a craftsman. A craftsman. <laughs> created a piece of feces in a perfect wheel, a perfect ball. Perfect. And I'm like, hmm. What is that? And that dung beetle had his gold. Which, by the way, is how most Christians live their lives. They believe what they have is gold, and it's actually dung. And he's rolling that thing across the road. I'm like, wow. Look at how happy he is with that big rolling piece of poop. <laughs> I preached repentance out of that. All right, moving off farting and poops now. Here we go. <laughs> You see how I can preach the hellfire and brimstone message? Calling you out, you're still laughing? The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Why be, why be overly serious? The truth is the truth regardless of whether you're offended or not. It doesn't matter. Being offended doesn't, doesn't matter. The person who you're offended by is not bothered that you're offended. They're happy. You're not. So release yourself and release them and forgive them. Jesus said, Matthew 10, 27, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the air, what's whispered in your ear, preach on the housetops. So preach this on the housetops. Ready? James chapter 2, verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. This is what happens all the time inside the church. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Amen. Let me ask you again, as I've asked you over the last two weeks. So this is week three. Do you want miracles? You can't just be against things. You have to be against things, and vocally so. I am against gay marriage. Now, I said it, I'm against it. It's hellbound sin. All right? Now, what do I do with the homosexual? Perform miracles in their presence and draw them to Jesus. That's what you do. And both are vocal. Your yes is yes, your no is no. Publicly, out loud, vocally. Do you want miracles or will you mimic or be part of the great end times falling away? Where do you get that from? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, Lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's the four verses in front of 3-5. Don't have any of those characteristics. One of those being having a form of godliness but denying its power. Do you want miracles? I do. That's how I draw the homosexual. That's how I draw the fornicator. That's how I draw the pornographer, the liar, the covetous. That's how I draw them. I'm against those sins, but I want the sinner saved. Now here's reality. Tom, we can't take any more reality. I'm giving you more. Just like a little birdie with the mealworms. Come on. Not from me, the Bible. Not me. It's the Holy Ghost dropping the mealworms into your mouth. Not me. Here's reality. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who... He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also in greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. 
But just remember, that's useless without John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. If you want 14, 12, you have to have 15, 9. Because faith without works is dead. You won't have the faith to move a mountain if you're not obedient because they're one and the same. If you lie whenever it's convenient to do so, even if you immediately repent afterwards, you will move no mountain because faith and works are the same. Most Christians, and listen, I was like this for years. That's why I told you I've wasted 30 years of my 54. I was a sin vacillator. Why are you laughing? <laughs> like, nobody preaches like this. Why not be transparent? What am I going to do, paint a facade? I'm going to be like one of those, the, the, some churches where they have an artist come up during worship and paint. If it was me, I'd just come up in all pastel colors with a mankini on and then jump against the poster board. <laughs> 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 oh, that was funny. <laughs> a big old board, you know, a big old white board. Just run up <laughs> right on there, like pink pastels and greens. <laughs> oh, that's funny. My wife's going to kill me with that. She said, Please don't say mankini in the service. If I looked like anything that anybody would want to see in a mankini, I wouldn't say it. I am in the never should be seen without a shirt club. Firm, founding member. What the heck was I preaching about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea where I was at. None. Thank goodness I have notes right here. <laughs> Wipe that out of your mind. Wipe it. <laughs> Wipe it. Take every thought captive. Get that thing out of there. <laughs> I'll hear about this from Aaron for the next 10 years. It's always funny to me because somebody's texting me right now. This is how I know you don't attend the church. <laughs> if you want 1412 then you've got to have 15.9. Obedience and faith are the same. Luke 10.19, here it is. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Matthew 10, verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely Amen. That's what you do. That's what you're called to do. From everyone who has been given much, much is demanded, required, whatever your translation is. How do these things happen? How does the miraculous happen? We have to have it. We have to, that has to be our yes. Yes, we're against masks. 
Yes, we're against locking down. Yes, we're against the World Economic Forum. Yes, we're against the transgender agenda. But I want all those people saved. When you see the great white throne judgment, your greatest enemy, you'll want them saved. You won't want them to go into a worm-ridden, sulfur-filled hell. You won't. I want Klaus Schwab saved. Joe Biden saved. Kamala Harris saved. Really saved. Not Ark Church spiritual journey saved. Really saved. Not a fresh start or a new beginning. Turning from your sin saved. So how do we get these things? How do we make this happen? How, does it, how do we get there? By faith. By crucified unbelief. What if faith was works? What if works was crucified unbelief? You want this done, what are you going to do? Well, we're in a season of waiting right now. You haven't turned into Jonathan. Told you, if you're watching Jonathan Shuttlesworth right now, he is teaching a series on who told you that you're in a season of waiting. You're 40 years into it? Where are the miracles? Where's the provision? Let's break this down. 1151, everybody with me? You've been in church for almost two hours. You know, it's amazing to me as I watch the River Church at 9.30 for a while, and when we were done, they're still doing church. <laughs> it's 1.30, they're still going. I'm like, whew. So we should be very happy to be gone, you know, two, two and a half hours. We should be good, right? See, this is what I do. I told you this last week. I'll tell you again for anybody who missed. This is what I love when some of you go to the River Church. Because you go up there, and Pastor Rodney's praying for the entire crowd. 2,000 people came forward. 2,000. I don't think he expected that. How many of you want prayer tonight? Everybody came. The entire church except for two guys <laughs> in the men, at the men's conference. So I got prayed over first. And when I got off the ground, <laughs> doing my crawl of shame to whatever chair is closest, and once I got my head situated, this is the man who believed he didn't need to be touched by God three years ago. I hear him, he's going around, and all of a sudden it's, get that mask off your face. Who do you think you are? He, this is Mike, like me. 2,000 people there. You are in Florida. We are 29 months into this thing. Get that face diaper off your face. And I loved it because there was 20 of our men there, and I'm like, now they know I'm not the meanest. I'm being pastored by somebody who'll make me meaner than I am now. Somebody just said, yikes. <laughs> And then Heather goes, you're not me. I'm not. In real, in real life, I'm not. Yesterday, this is what I looked like. You think I'm exaggerating when I tell you that if you saw me in my normal life, 
You see me in camo shorts, shoes with no socks, and stains all over my shirt. Yesterday I ordered sushi. <laughs> I ordered sushi and pizza. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and a 64-ounce Slurpee. So I'm sitting there and I'm eating it. And I'm like, well, I could get up and get a napkin because I'm dunking my sushi into soy sauce and wasabi. I'm dunking it in there, but I'm like, eh. So I just bring it out and it's just hitting this long, this trail of soy sauce. That's, that's me. And I wore that shirt the rest of the day until the podcast last night. Now I'm not talking about little, I'm talking about giant, giant stains. In a perfect ball, just like the dung beetle, all over. That's how I live, I live my life like that. I do. I go out in the pool, I put my phone up, I play Margaritaville and go swimming with my dog. That's how I live my life. But when it comes to the word of God, I live out the word of God. Look at me, period. Unequivocally. Bible says no, it's no for me. Bible says yes, it's yes for me. You're not in a season of waiting. That's not a Bible verse. No more than it takes a village or everything happens for a reason. You know what the reason is 90% of the time that something happened? Pure, unabated stupidity. There's your reason. Well, the cosmos is working. No, that would be the gray matter between your ears not working. <laughs> what if faith was works and works was faith? What if works crucified your unbelief so that you can put your hand on a tumor and it's gone? You want your unsaved relatives saved? Melt tumors, they'll run to you just like they did in the New Testament, village to village with sandals or barefoot over rocks to watch Jesus preach. They'll do that with you too. Because greater works than he, you will do. Let them ask in faith with no doubting. How do you get there? Works, prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, grind every day, never missing. Not of you never miss the gym. You never miss going to work. Well, that's work, Tom. We got work is more important. Your job is more important than Jesus. Your job is a component of. Jesus, but if any provide not for his own. But it's not more important than Jesus. Your wife is a component of your walk with God, but not more important than your walk with God. Why could we not cast it out? The disciples said. You need to, you need to read Matthew 17 when you get home today. You're like, Tom, you use it all the time because it's just so perfect. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. 
How long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And Jesus, and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the boy was cured from that very hour. Do you see it's a spirit? He was epileptic. It was a spirit that did it. You're saying that's the case with every sickness? I don't know. But I do know it is a strong possibility. He rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured, not unpossessed, cured from that very hour. And the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Because of your, then Jesus replied to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. How do you get there? How by this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Why? Because your prayer and fasting impresses God so much that he moves. Your obedience does not, does not impress God. It melts away your unbelief so that you can impress God with your faith. That's how it works. Understand, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let me give you this little preview, as we'll probably drift into this next week. Your works do not impress God. Your works are faith, which impresses God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Your works is what enables you to perform the miraculous because your works are faith. It's not the only thing, but it, really, it actually is because faith comes by hearing's a work. Hearing by the word of God. It's not the works. Oh, you know what? He fasted. I'm pleased with that, so now I'm going to move. No, you melted away your own unbelief so you can receive the move God's already made. That's what, it's all, that's what works are all about. People are not going to hell for individual sin. They're going to hell because all their sins aren't covered because of unbelief. Now the verses we always use. 12 o'clock, everybody with me? I promise you, I promise you, We'll be out of here somewhere between now and 12.20, 12.30, out of here. And I'm talking about the altar service included. So everybody relax and receive this because here I'm gonna give you, in closing, in closing, I'm gonna give you the life application. The verses we always use, Hebrews 3.18 and 19. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? Who's not going to heaven? but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter into heaven because of unbelief. So faith and works are the same. They did not obey, that equals unbelief. Works and faith are the same, faith and works are the same. Works without faith is useless. Faith without works is useless. You want to win people? Do you? I said, do you want the miraculous? Winning people is miraculous. You're, winning people means you're getting people to receive a Jesus they'll never see. 
until the rapture. That's miraculous. Do you want to win people? What are you going to do about it? Oh, Lord, we just pray over Northport right now. Move, Lord. That ain't going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. You're, that's asking in faith with doubting. It doesn't work. What are, you, where, what are you standing in faith for? How do you win people? Look at me now. How do you win people? Go ahead. You can, you can talk. You're like, Tom, you'll tell us I'm wrong. Yeah. No, I might not. You might be right. You might know things I don't know. You think I'm going to give, let me ask you this. You think I'm going to give Pastor Daniel, Evangelist Daniel, and Bia advice about how to win people? Not me. You know, I get a Pastor Rodney or Jonathan. People are responsible for umpteen millions of souls. You think I'm going to give them advice? No. But I can probably give you advice because I've probably won more souls than you have. Right? Now, I'm not going to go call Daniel today and say, hey, Daniel, you know what? I know that you just won 98,000 souls to the Lord in a weekend. But I've won like 1,200 people in my life. I'm 54. And um, you want some pointers? Do you want to win people? What do you do? Put their names before the Lord and ask to be used to win them. Send me, Lord. Here am I. Send me. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I. Send me. Oh, Lord, I pray that you'd win Northport. That's not praying that prayer. That's not in the Bible. Lord, send revival. That's not in the Bible. I believe in revival, but you know what? That's not, praying that way is not how you get revival. You know how you get revival? Is individually, those, in, those of us in this room, picking people that we want one. Write their names down, pray over them, fast over them, and ask for opportunities for you to share your faith. Pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Philemon 1.6, how many people do it? Well, I don't understand why we have all these empty purple chairs. Because of you and me. Is this not the greatest church in the world? And why would we have empty chairs? Because of you and me. Yeah, I assign blame. That's not the YMCA way. There's no, I'm just, I'll, I'll just put your heart at ease. There's no participation trophies out in the lobby. People come up to me all the time out there, and they say, Pastor, I brought, this is my sister, I brought her to church today. I'm like, yes. Yes, have you ever brought anybody to church? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. 1987, I brought four people. And I've got a monument that I built to that at home that I burn incense to every night. <laughs> you want to win people? Here's another way. Provide. Provide. James chapter 2, verses 15 and 17. Now I'll start with 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not, but does not have works? Can faith save him? Do you hear those verses? You see that a person is justified by what they do and not by faith alone, James 2.24. Faith without works is dead, 2.17, 2.26, 2.18. is you believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe that and shudder. That's the Christians who do nothing. They have a demonic faith. Oh, Lord, touch Northport. Well, we'll look the same then. 
If that's what everybody does in this room, that will look the same a year from now. This church should be full, and it's not. It's because of you and me. We're not targeting the people. And you're not to target every person. God will lay them on your heart. But the question is, when he opens the door, will you speak? Will you speak? Will you put it all on black and risk that relationship? I found out recently in my neighborhood, I'm somewhat notorious. I didn't know that till a couple days ago. Word of the podcast has gotten out. My Romanian neighbor, his name is Constantine. He might be watching right now. If you're watching, Constantine, love you, brother. Who, of course, coming from behind the Iron Curtain, hates all that's happened. Started watching me on CTN, although now he TiVo's it, he records it because he can't watch it and then go to sleep. <laughs> so he records it, watches it Sunday morning, because he can't sleep all night, then he stays up all night and rages about the things that I've said. <laughs> but other people in the neighborhood have said, you know what, I've watched that, he's awful. He's terrible. Namely, my gay neighbor said that. And we're, and, but, my, but to his credit, he said, we're friends. He's just awful on the podcast. That's what he said. Our dogs play together and stuff, you know. And, and they're very sweet. Very sweet, very sweet guys. They really are. Very nice. But it's gotten out now. It's gotten out. So my relationships are at risk. Right? I shouldn't tell you this story. Should I tell you? <laughs> One morning I was walking, and it was dark, six o'clock in the morning, and I didn't see one of my neighbors approaching. And again, now these are this person and his wife are heavy branch Covidians. I mean, devout branch Covidians. They're still still masked outside alone. <laughs> Seriously, and I'm not claiming that I had no wrongdoing in this. I've told you in 2021, 2022, and 2021, and 2020, and 2019, I've smashed electrical, my, my devices, different devices. I'm not claiming to be faultless at all. I'm closing with this. I don't know why I'm telling, I'm in trouble now. Seriously. I'm gonna hear it. So, no, don't worry, I'll tell you. So I come around the corner. I don't see it's a blind corner, and my dog takes off like a rocket. Now, he's, he's a little scary when he wants to be. He's a very sweet fellow to me. He's an 80-pound, very muscular Malamaw. He goes, and my neighbor comes walking. It's 90 degrees outside in the morning with 100% humidity. He's walking with a hoodie on over his head. And the dog, I don't see him coming, and he's only... 15, 20 yards away. By the time we meet, my dog goes after him, starts barking at him. Just bark, didn't touch the man. So I'm like saying to him, you know, squat down a little bit. I'm getting to him as quick as I can. Just so the dog will stop barking. He never came anywhere near the man. And even when the guy tried to like reach out to him, the dog just backed up. So 
I go up there, and I'm just, like, smiling and getting the leash around the dog. And the guy starts giving me a ration, a whole bunch of attitude. I told you, I'm confrontational. My proclivity, it comes from Sherlock Holmes' Game of Shadows. Inside every man is an insatiable need for conflict. That's my carnality. Some of you are a peacekeeper, not a peacemaker like you should be. You're a peacekeeper, and that's your carnality. Some of you are lazy, which is my carnality. Some of you overwork and believe that's better than being lazy. It's not. But part of my carnality is I like conflict. I, I don't want to. I do, but I don't want to want to. <laughs> Aaron's like my best friend. He's like drawing it out of me, drawing it, because he knows me better than anybody. So he starts giving me a ration. So I told him, I say, hey, you know what? I said, take all of your opinions. You're gonna know what you know what I'm about to say. You know what I'm about to say. Take all of your opinions, spin them sideways, and shove them up your own caboose. I told him that. And then I said, and by the way, you're an idiot. You're an idiot now, you're an idiot then, and you will always be an idiot. Now I should not have said any of it. Maybe with the exception of the caboose part. That's why I have to be pastored. So I passed her on and he comes up to me and puts his arm around me. They don't know. They don't know. It's all right. Calm down. They don't know. But if you want to win the loss, don't do what I just did. <laughs> that guy flat out hates me now and it's got nothing to do with Jesus. That has to do with me. See, I can admit it. I, I, if I'm going to attack you, I attack me. I'm on the same level, with the same frequency. If you want to win the loss, I'm closing right here. James 2, 15 and 17. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, we're just praying for revival in Northport. That's what that is. If one of you says to them, keep warm and well fed. Be blessed. Go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed. But there's nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? Faith, if it is not accompanied by action, is, shout it, dead. Provide. How am I going to provide? I'm poor too. That's because you're not supposed to be poor because you're not standing in faith for wealth. Worship team, make your way. You want to win people? Preach to them. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Everyone he talks about Romans 10.9. How does this work? How does Romans 10.9? That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all people talk about. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. 
For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen, hallelujah. Next verse. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Next verse. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You have to open your mouth and you have to preach. That's not one of the times that Ecclesiastes 5.2, let your words be few, applies. It doesn't apply there. Preach the word. A fool uttereth all his mouth. What a wise man keepeth it to last word. A fool, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in erring his own opinions. Don't talk about your own opinions. I'm talking about preaching the word of God. You want people saved? Preach and provide and watch and see what happens. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me ask you this. We're just going to keep our heads up and our eyes not closed. With every eye open. <laughs> and your head's not bowed. <laughs> Do you need a touch from God today? Look at me now. I'm your friend. I'm your brother. I may be your pastor. Maybe not after today, but I'm your pastor for now. <laughs> I will tell you this. That because I'm a willing vessel, the power of God will flow through me this morning. It's all him. It's all his glory. If you're vaccinated, you need that thing leached out of your body. And let me ask you this. You don't need to acknowledge anything publicly. Is that you? If it is, you need to respond to the altar call that I'm about to give. It's 12.15. We'll be out of here no later than 12.25. It'll probably be before that. I don't take long praying. Because all we're going to do is bring you forward. You're not the only ones that are going to come forward is bring you forward in our moment of agreement out of Matthew 18, 19, 18, 20. Our moment of agreement is the moment that I put my hand on your head. And then you have, we're in agreement for what you want. You want that vaccine out of your body and all the damages that it's done healed? Now is your time. If you need just a touch from God because you need encouragement, because you're brokenhearted, you need healing in your body, you need provision, you're just, right now, you may be down and just flat out need to be happy and encouraged and be full of joy. You need to respond to this altar call. If that's you, now everybody in this room, stand to your feet. If that's you, come up here in Jesus' mighty name. Stand to your feet. If you need a touch from God, come on up to the front. Watch. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.